All right, Astros fans, we just went to FanFest, and it was a big success. I guess after winning the World Series, a lot of people want to go out there and see their Astros in person, and it was fun. I got to throw a bullpen. I know I'm waiting for Jim Crane to call me back and see if he wants to add me to the bullpen as the as the last man on the roster, so I'm still waiting for that. But otherwise, it was a great event, and we also have some Yuli talk and some Michael Brantley talk and some other news that we're going to talk about on this edition of Talking Strohs podcast. This is Billy Wagner. You are listening to Talking Strohs. This is JD Davis. You are listening to Talking Strohs. This is Alex Wagner. You're listening to Talking Strohs. Hey, this is Joe Musgrove. You're listening to Talking Strohs. This is Jake Marisnik, and you're listening to Talking Strohs. All the guys that have been here for the past couple years are excited to be here. As a player, I mean, you want to, you want to be able to play on, on a team of this caliber. You are listening to Talking Strohs with Eric and Brandon. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do all offseason about the Houston Astros on the Talking Strohs podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talk Strohs. You find the show at Talking Strohs. Brandon, where can I find you on this lovely Sunday? I'm Brandon Del Castillo, the baseball lawyer. You can find me on Twitter at B-Ball Lawyer. You are listening to Talking Strohs with Eric and Brandon. If you love the Strohs, you gotta listen. All right, we are part of the Gallery Sports Network. Uh, they are doing a great job over there, giving you instant analysis. If the Cowboys win this game I'm watching right now, they're going to have um, an article um, analyzing that. Or if the 49ers win, they'll have an article analyzing that. So go check out gallerysports.com. And always tune in every Sunday or Monday for, to the, the Talking Strohs podcast. So let's go ahead and talk about FanFest. I know that there is 34,000 people there. When I got there at 1030, there was, a, there was lines going around the block, and it was crazy. It was crazy packed. Luckily, I was one of the first people to get to the bullpen. So I was able to throw a bullpen without a lot of people watching. So I, only the scouts were watching when I was up there. But it was a <laughs> great experience. Also, I signed up for the Legend autograph session. And it was pretty awesome because normally you don't get the big time names. But Jeff Bagwell was there signing autographs. And so uh, I got to get a little selfie with uh, Jeff Bagwell, my longtime hero. So that was pretty cool. And then you had uh, Jason Castro. I guess Jason Castro is now an Astros legend. You had Brian Bogusevic, uh, and then you had um, Shane Reynolds was there. Then uh, Terry Poole and Brandon Backey, and then Eric Anthony as well. So it was a Eric good, Anthony. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So it was a cool little group there, and it was fun and everything. So uh, then uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I get, didn't get a chance to experience. But uh, tell me about your experience. I know you took your family. Yeah, I took uh, my uh, freshman in high school daughter and my wife, and we just went and uh, kind of just took it all in, walked around a little bit, took pictures, you know, did the uh, the 180 cam with the championship signs and just got pictures in front of that. I've, you know, Eric, you were, you get to be my age and uh, you've done pretty much all the, the fun stuff. I, I've, I've gotten to meet Bagwell so many times over the years growing up in Houston and, um uh, going to as many games as we do, we we get to do and see lots of uh, stuff and meet a lot of people around the stadium. So, um, 
I'd already gotten pictures with the trophies and uh, it was kind of just a nice day to take it in and watch all, all the excitement uh, that Houston has for these world champions. And that was the main thing. Um, just taking pictures, being there, taking it all in, got to sit and watch uh, uh, Robert Ford interview Dusty Baker and and some of the um, the current uh, you know uh, GMs that are in the assistant GMs that are taking place. But uh, late today, we got a little word that uh, they might be reaching, uh, coming close to making a decision on a GM. Isn't that true? Yeah, Bob Nightingale wrote an article that Dana Brown, he's somebody that we talked about last week. Uh, he's the uh, Braves vice president of scouting, has emerged as a clear front runner to become the Astros' next general manager. It makes sense. The Astros' farm system has generated some talent. But they definitely need to replenish over the uh, to um, to have some su- sustained success, and that's something that the Astros know they need to do. So uh, he's 55 years old. He's been with the Braves for the past four years, and he's um, been he's actually known across baseball as a good uh, talent evaluator. And he was responsible for the draft that uh, ha- that gave the Braves Michael Harris, Spencer Strider. And uh, one other person I can't think of right now who finished uh, first and second in last year NL Rookie Year voting. So definitely something to look out for. And I think that he's the name that most Astros fans want. He's somebody that will probably help the farm system. You've got to rebuild uh, through the farm system. And I know the Astros do great things through the international uh, scouting as well. But you also got to get do something through the draft. Yeah, I agree. I think he's a perfect fit. Um, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Dana Brown last week uh, that he, uh, in fact, played at Seton Hall where uh, Craig Biggio went and uh, overlapped his teammates a little bit. Um, so there might be a connection there. I don't know how strong of a connection, how, how much that affected any decision, but um, still no decision has been made, but uh, he seems to be the leading candidate and for good reason um, would love to have somebody in there that uh, really takes uh, the uh, the development part of uh, baseball serious and, and restocking that um, those minor leagues. So um, we'll wait and see. Hopefully we'll hear something this week and we can report to you guys next week. Um, but we got a busy week coming up. Uh, hopefully, you know, like a, like I said, a GM decision. But we got the Hall of Fame coming up this week, and a couple Astros getting close: Carlos Beltran, um, Billy Wagner, Jeff Kent. They are all, uh, you know, really over that fifty percent mark. And um, it, it, are any of those guys going to make it this year, Eric? I think that there's still a slight chance for Billy Wagner. It just depends on what the remainder of the voters do, the people that have not submitted their ballots, uh, made their ballots uh, known online. So there's 167 public ballots, plus nine of them are anonymous. And so only 40%, 44% of the votes are known. And so right now, Billy Wagner sitting at 73.3%. With the remaining votes, he needs 76.4% of the votes, which is about 168 votes in the remaining ba- ballots. So, so let's remind everybody, you got you, know, you have to have 75% to right. get in. Uh, 75% of the writers have to vote you in. So he's right there on the door. Uh, usually there's a, a, a little bit of a takeaway, uh, about 5% off of the known ballots. Um, right. So Billy Wagner... Um, 
probably not going to get in this time. How about Jeff Kent, Carlos Beltran? How are they doing? Well, uh, at this moment, Carlos Beltran is at 55.7%, and Jeff Kent is at 51.1%. And I know a lot of people are going to look at Beltran and say, well, he was the only person that was named in the commissioner's report about the cheating scandal, and he was the only player technically punished because he was supposed to be the manager of the Mets, and they released him. So definitely, I know Bob Nightingale wrote a piece about it and said that he's been punished. He, yes, he um, he may have devised the system, but uh, but go read that piece. It was actually pretty um, detailed, but he said that he deserves to get into the Hall of Fame. Forget what happened during his final season in baseball, but look at what his numbers say. And he was one of the best center fielders in uh, during his time, and he's just one of the the, the best uh, postseason hitters in baseball as well, especially when he was with the Astros. And so, but Jeff Kent, this is his uh, last year of eligibility, so um, I don't think he's going to make it unless there's some miracle. He needs ninety four point one percent of the <laughs> remaining ballots. That's a two hundred and seven votes. So I just don't see him making it. He's not eliminated yet, but um, the odds say that he is probably eliminated. But uh, Carlos Beltran, this, if he does make it, maybe not this year. A lot of people don't want to vote him in maybe as a uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. But if he gets in in maybe the next two or three years, that's a good sign for Jose Altuve to say maybe – there, people aren't going to judge players. I know Beltran is looked at a little bit differently than Jose Altuve. Altuve was the face of the Astros, but Beltran was just kind of grandpa back there who maybe brought the system over. But um, all eyes have always been on Altuve with the buzzer and everything. So uh, we'll see what happens once uh, once Altuve decides to hang up his cleats. Yeah, um, Carlos Beltran definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. The only center fielder over 70 career war that's currently not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, one of the best switch hitters of all time compared to, uh, you know, really Mickey Mantle, Chipper Jones. We talked about him uh, being up there with those guys uh, in, in years past. Uh, but uh, really he deserves to be in uh, the Bob Nightingale piece today was great because you have a national writer uh, going out there and saying enough already with this cheating scandal. Um, are you going to, uh, if you're, if you're holding Carlos Beltran out, you're going to hold out all of those Red Sox and, and Yankees that got caught with the Apple iWatches. It was the exact same year. Um, you know, did they, did they actually stop after the letters were sent out? Uh, we don't, who knows, because they didn't have someone like Mike fires coming in and ratting on them. So, um, <laughs> you know, honestly, it, it's, it's a farce. It's ridiculous that anybody even brings up that cheating scandal anymore, but it, it is what it is. Carlos Beltran should be in soon. And I think, uh, when, uh, as long as Jose Altuve has another, you know, we talked about it uh, last week, uh, five solid years. And I'm talking like four with a four war um for five more years and then you know he'll, he can tag on a little bit extra at the end um but as long as he has five more solid years it's gonna be hard to keep jose altuve out jeff kent man all-time leader at second base and home runs he's a former mvp uh provided protection for barry bonds all those years uh we saw how he what a performer he was in the playoffs when he was an astro uh in my mind there's just zero reason why jeff kent sh 
is not in the Hall of Fame already. Um, you know, I think people try to look at his defensive numbers uh, just because they didn't add to his war. Right. But he was pretty average. It's not like he hurt his team. It's just he wasn't, you know, the greatest defender. So um, I think it. I think Jeff Kent deserves to be in, and hopefully he'll get in in a veterans committee. So that'll be something to watch. It's going to be on uh, MLB Network on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, so I know that he pushed Biggio out uh, of second base, but Biggio was just probably the better athlete to go play center field at that time. So uh, yeah, it helped yeah. to add an extra bat to the lineup. Right, that's definitely something. So I know a lot of people want to add an extra bat, maybe somebody to a bench, and a lot of people are also saying, well, it seems like Jeff Bagwell is acting as the GM of the Houston Astros. No, he's just making comments because there's nobody that's really the face of the Astros front office right now because yes you have three GMs but nobody's really coming out and the Astros did not make any of them available for reporters they did do a QA and a with uh with uh Sparks and Ford but um but I, I didn't catch that but uh Bagwell did say that about Yuli Gurriel there's nobody that loves Yuli more than us myself Jim Crane Dusty Baker everybody it's just trying to find a right fit for a club. He's a huge part of our success here. We'll continue to monitor that situation. And then in that, that Nightingale article, it was mentioned that the Astros did have a contract offered to him, but it was as a reserve player because we know that they don't have a spot for him to be an everyday player with the Houston Astros because they have Jose Abreu and they have uh, Brantley back. And we'll talk about Brantley in a second. But uh, there's also multiple reports that despite that trade um, for uh, uh, Roz from um, from Minnesota, the uh, the Marlins are probably going to land Yuli Gurriel. And he wants a spot where he can play every day. And that's he still thinks he's a type of player. So, I, yeah, I don't see where the spot is uh, for him to play every day, though. Is he going to be because uh, uh, the Marlins, he it seems like he'd be in a reserve role there in Florida as well. Uh, I think that's why so he hasn't signed anywhere yet. Would you so. Would you rather be a reserve for the Marlins, or would you rather be a reserve for the Houston Astros uh, defending their world champions? Uh, you know, the fact that it was it, that the news came out that he was likely to sign with the Marlins, and there was no official announcement, leads me to believe that his agents are maybe trying to leak that out there, try to get a little push from the Astros to see Smoke if they'll screen. make their move. Yeah. Um, you know, if if he if he was really going to sign with the Marlins, then then go ahead, you go sign with the Marlins. But it's because he hasn't signed with them yet. I I still am holding out a little hope. I I'm on the keep Yuli bandwagon. I want him in that line uh, in that locker room. I still think there's a lot of ways uh, you can use Yuli. Um, it's a long season. You can give uh, DH breaks um, for Bregman, uh, Altuve, Jose Abreu. I think you know during the season, Yuli is serviceable enough to play second base and third base. Right. Um, you know you're not going to count on him starting a, a, a meaningful game in the playoffs at second or third. But um, but to give uh, Altuve and Bregman a rest, I think he can do that for you know a day um, in June, you know a day in May. Uh, August, uh, you know, give him him some breaks. You you can give uh, against a bad uh, against tough left-handed pitching. He can DH uh, and let either Michael uh, and probably have Michael Brantley take some days off. 
um, you know, you can start Julie at first base uh, and and let Jose Abreu have some days off. So there are ways to get him in the lineup, which I think are actually easier than the Marlins would have, unless the Marlins are just going to come out and say Yuli's our everyday DH. Um, or first baseman, is he better than uh, Garrett Cooper at this stage of his career? And I think I mean, Garrett's... I think Garrett Cooper's a guy they really want to give a chance to. I mean, didn't he make the all-star team last year? Um, yeah, I, th- I think he did. So um, it's, uh, I-, I think it's best for Yuli and the Astros if they, if he stays here. Um, the other thing I wanted to note on um, Dana Brown, he, he would be the, uh, the only um, uh, African-American GM. Right. Um and so I think that'd be a huge, uh, huge get for the Astros. And um, I, I'm definitely all behind uh, that, that uh, we just, I thought it was important to, um, to let people know that, that he would be the, uh, the only uh, African-American GM in baseball. Well, a lot of people may say, well, what about Ken Williams? He's not the GM anymore. He is the um, vice president of baseball. I mean, he's the, he's in charge of baseball operations over there. Uh, no, he is the vice president. So, uh, so he would join uh, the. He would be one of the second. Uh, yeah, the only the second uh, executive. Uh, yes. So, yeah, it's. I think that's a big deal. And um, right. I think besides, you know, but before we even mentioned that, I think he was the right guy for the job. Right. And so, um, you know, I think that's just uh, that just given given having Dusty Baker and uh, Dana Brown here, I think would be a, a big deal for the Astros. Yeah, going back to Jeff Bagel, he did mention that he expects Michael Brantley be ready for opening day. He said the the arm that was uh, that they had the surgery on and the the issues with was his guide arm, not his throwing arm. So he expects him to be fully ready for opening day. So that should be good. Um, how much does he play in twenty twenty three is uh, questionable. And I know the Astros probably want to see what they have in David Hensley. They want to give him a shot. So uh, that's the only reason why maybe they're not wanting to bring back Yuli Gurriel. But that's not what Jeff Bagwell said, but that's what I'm saying. I think they want to see what they have in David Hensley because why pay million dollars for somebody who's clearly up there in age when you have somebody who's uh, up and comer and everybody has a lot of uh, expectations for him. But what Yuli did in the playoffs last year, you can't uh, reproduce that. And I know you're not going to rely on him as a, unless there's an injury in the playoffs, but as a pinch hitter or somebody that come in late in game, something like that. I mean, he's a great hitter in the playoff postseason. So, yeah, we got about a minute, minute or two left, Eric. I, I really want to know your opinion on who gets that last roster spot. Um, assuming that, uh, that they do go with 13 pitchers. Who's that 13th uh, player, a position player? Is it going to be Jake Myers? Is it going to be uh, Bly Madris? Is it going to be Rylan Brandon? Is it going to be Yiner Diaz? Um, one of those four guys would be that fourth. Uh, or or do they not uh, carry 13 at the beginning, leave Hunter Brown down in the uh, in the minors, and then um, and instead have them uh, – uh, keep both Jake and Yiner Diaz. Uh, what's your opinion? Well, what if Brandon Belak has a good spring training and then uh, they can use him in bullpen, give Hunter Brown a chance to kind of get some innings built up in AAA, then 
at some point when you don't have as many off days, you can bring them up and join the rotation as a six man. So that's something that they could do. But I think uh, it all really depends on the battles in spring training. Like um, if Corey Lee is going to be your full-time or backup catcher, then there's no re- real sense in having Diaz, but he does got it. He's got to get that experience. He's got to get those at bats, but Jake Myers is the one to watch this spring training. I know that James Click was the guy that was uh, uh, ride and die with uh, Myers, but from what I hear, there's um, a lot of people in the front office that still think that he has potential. So we'll see what what happens overall. But I think spring training, we actually have some uh, battles. I mean, for a team that is as good as the Astros, we have some roster battles this spring. And I'm here for that. I'm here for the excitement. We don't want to just have the rosters be all set in stone uh, in permanent ink already. You want to have that competition. That way you don't have players become stagnant and just not try in spring training. And don't forget, you're going to have players going off to the World Baseball Classic. So you're going to see people like Diaz and Lee and other people get more at bats because um, somebody like Jim Pena is going to be off uh, playing. You're going to have Altuve. You're going to have Tucker out. So you're going to have a lot of like from Valdez and uh, then uh, Christian Javier. And so there's going to be a whole lot of names that aren't going to be with the Houston Astros. So you're going to see some of these young guys get some actual playing time that they may not have gotten in a regular spring training. Yeah, let me ask you straight up real quick. If you if Yuli Gurriel does not sign with the Astros, um, does Yiner Diaz make this team as a right-handed uh, bat off the bench? Yes, I think so, unless uh, Jake Myers just kills it to spring. All right. Because they like his defense, but what's the difference between him and Dubon? They basically offer the same thing. Myers may be a little bit better defensively. But Dubon didn't really show much last year. You can't carry two no-hit center fielders, so to speak. You know. Yep, I agree. Well, we'll uh, we'll find out what happens this week, and uh, we will be back to talk about it next Sunday. Yeah. Uh, one thing to close the show out: Jose Abreu was having fun. He was he enjoying being Houston Astro, and he said, "I like the stadium. We're here to work. I can't predict the future." I can't say I'm going to put up certain numbers, but I'm very excited to be here. I'm really excited to support the team. I'm very grateful to be given the opportunity to be here. So Jose Abreu was already working with Alex Centrone this offseason, and he looks like he's ready for the challenge. And the good thing is he doesn't have to be the guy on this uh, in this lineup. He just has to be another guy. And this is a guy that's carried the White Sox for years. And so now he gets to step back and, bat what sixth seventh or something yeah and, fifth or sixth fifth or sixth yeah, just do his thing and so oh yeah fifth yeah you're right and so we'll see what happens but uh that's all we got for this edition of talking stros podcast hopefully you got out there to fan fest you got to meet your favorite player i got to meet jeff bagel that was pretty cool and so uh next week we'll probably talk about who made the hall of fame uh we'll kind of look more at the spring training battles we have the the preliminary uh spring training roster and we'll talk to see if there's any surprises there but make sure you check out the talking stros podcast every sunday part of gallery sports and i you can find me at eric talk stros you can find the show at talking stros and brandon where can you find you at i'm brandon del castillo the baseball lawyer you can find me on twitter at bball lawyer you've been listening to talking stros with eric and brandon if you love the stros 
you gotta listen. All right, guys, we'll be back next week and go Strokes. Go Strokes. <laughs>